0: Once knew these two guys, each in their own
1: way, had had it all and blew it, left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find
0: parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken.
1: Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast With your hosts, Ben Groves and
0: Rob McFarlane This episode contains spoilers
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast My name is Ben Groves And my name is Rob McFarlane Welcome to the show where two guys talk about movies In order to... have a have the experience of mental health check without having to admit that it is one yeah. uh <laughs> we going in with that one all right yeah that's, yeah sounds good all right, cool. i, I, I want to make, make them slowly harsher as the week yeah going, yeah. Just, you know? yeah just call us out immediately right yeah 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 exactly i love it okay uh and in this in that spirit i feel like before we we get to what we're covering let's just briefly cover how are we doing you know that's kind of why we do this it's nice so, yeah. so how are you doing ben um i'm doing good man i'm doing good uh Barbenheimer. Yeah, you did
0: it? That happened. Did it? Completed it, mate. Done and dusted. Uh, nice. I've done the Heimer, not the Barbin. There you go. Uh I was in a boat race on well, Saturday. I'm, I'm,
1: and I'm supposed to be the posh one. This is like a
0: dragon boat thing, so there's like a bunch of us and you have to paddle
1: all down a dirty river. Everyone splashes each other. Do you know that, like the Oxford and Cambridge boat race, could be described exactly the same way? Yeah. You always point at me and go, "Ah, oh, posh boy, posh boy," and you're like, "I just did a boat race." Yeah, but this is more sort. How of... How did it go? How did how did it go? Though uh, third from last.
0: Perfect. So you know, pretty fucking good uh, out of the expectations. Nope, yeah, by three. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was fun. Uh, I've got a secret screening tonight, nice, which I'm
1: going to, hoping for Meg Two. The Meg is one of those films I can't hate. It's everything I should hate and I love it. It's perfect it's almost a perfect movie it's like film kink for me i'm like oh yeah oh it's so it's so bad yeah it's so no it's so no yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. you know it's like a taboo i watch it i'm like oh yeah, yeah. jason statham oh. rob yeah. where are you going with that paddle oh i'm watching a film about the sea <laughs> <laughs> doing a dragon boat race yeah
0: but my fucking my head's sorted out it's sorting itself out a little bit now which is good um
1: well done bud yeah Getting there slowly, which is nice. How are you? Last week you very unkindly suggested that I'd be doing this show with full trousers because my long list of injuries, oh, and yeah, terrible things that <laughs> have happened to me <laughs> will culminate in me shitting myself. Yeah. Happy to report that hasn't happened yet. Well happy that's good. happy's a strong word. Yeah. I'm getting to the point where I might do it intentionally, because if that's where it ends, great. Let's just skip just get, get to the end, get it done and dusted. Because now I've, now I've pinched a nerve in my neck somehow. Oh, fuck And hell, I'm mate. now walking around looking like Batman 1989, just like turning to face people <laughs> with my full shoulders. <laughs> like... Someone will call my name and I literally have to spin my whole body around.
0: I know this is like an audio medium, but you're doing it right now for me. And yeah. I'm very, I'm very happy.
1: I'm like a cheap you're doing 90s this. action figure that you'd buy from Poundland. Now with Kung Fu action. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now with self-harm action. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, okay, and now we got the bases covered. You're you're doing better, which is good. I'm doing the same, which is fine. That's maintenance. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing this week, Ben?
0: This week we are back on our Christopher Nolan series. If you Christa haven't fucking heard Nolan. fucking Nolan. If you haven't heard our episodes to this point, we've been covering every movie. Yep. From Christopher Nolan all the way up until today's episode, which is Interstellar.
1: Ooh, Interstellar. Ooh, indeed. I think, personally speaking, mm-hmm. every one of the films we've watched so far has been a good film. Mm. Some are better than others. Some are in in different areas, but it's it's a it's a nice little filmography to deal with. Yeah. But I, for me personally, this is one of the most well-rounded sci-fi films of all fucking time wow okay and i think if if i was to have to sophie's choice and pick a favorite nolan film i really wouldn't be surprised if this was the one what's interesting to me is after this one i start having a lot more criticism for nolan and i don't necessarily think it's because he's Mm -hmm. a worse filmmaker i just think once i got this i was kind of like well that's what i needed peaked He's peaked, now. he's peaked. He's peaked. He's peaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me personally. Yeah, 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 for you
0: he's peaked. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you and say that this is an incredibly well-rounded sci-fi film. What I'm also going to add to that is that this might be one of my favorite films of all time. Oh my god. Films like Actual films, not yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. because my favorite movies, you know, like Reanimator, Friday Thirteenth Part Three. You know
1: what I mean, like that, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. But when it comes to when cinema, it comes to, when it comes to your taste
0: and your your branch of cinema. We found, this some is, we found the crossover.
1: We found the the best crossover. We're in the best timeline with this one. This is the best timeline. I feel like this is in top 5.
0: Cuz I watched this when it came out in the cinema and I was like, it's fine. It's fucks <laughs> with yeah. my head a little bit and it's it's pretty wanky. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, it's stunning. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's long. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my money's worth. <laughs> yep. And I thought about it for a long time after. There you go. That's essentially everything I needed from a film. Yeah. But going back to it now, uh doing this series having like a new a new appreciation for nolan fucking blew me away
1: yeah and just a different a different set of films that you've seen right like you've seen we've both watched yeah. films on this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. that the other one has made us watch that we would never have watched before
0: yeah, I got a new frame of reference. Yeah, totally. And it's, that's what makes this so fucking good. This is why I love going back to films, man. Yeah. You get like a new frame of reference from like growing, your tastes evolve, your yeah. your opinions change, Your, you know what I mean? You just grow as a person. Totally. And then when you revisit an old film that you were like either in and ahhing about or you loved or you hated and just how much it can change is
1: amazing. So this came out in 2014. That's when you would have seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 165 million they gave him. That's not too bad, you know. I thought it would have cost a lot more. Right. Well, I mean, considering you made six hundred and seventy-seven million for him. He's barely scraping it these days, isn't he? He needs to fucking pull his finger out, mate. Well, you say pull his finger out because they gave him twenty mil as his fee to make the film. Right? Yeah. Here's a hundred and sixty-five million to make the film. Yeah. And here's twenty million for you to do that job, right? Mm-hmm. Also, on top of that twenty million that we're giving you as as your wages. You get 20% of the gross. (laughs) 20% of the gross? Yeah. This film made Christopher Nolan personally $155 million. Jesus Christ. Just scraping by, any. He? He's just
0: scraping Buck by, May, man. If he'd have got a, if he'd have yeah. got just five mil less, that's poverty line. You know what but I mean? D- <laughs> Judging <laughs> by to- today's TikTok standards of teenagers with Lamborghinis, <laughs> he's living. He's just on the cusp of the poverty line, right there.
1: <laughs> Controversially, and I do feel I this next fact, I do feel bad about. Okay. This was Christopher Nolan's first film in a long while without his usual cinematographer, Wally Feister, right? Okay. Now, the reason being, Wally Feister was busy with his directorial debut. Wally was like, it's been beautiful, Chris. I've made a name for myself. I've got all the money in the bank. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go make my movie. Can you imagine being Wally Feister, sat in the cinema, watching Interstellar, seeing this incredible beauty of a film? Made with your good mate, Christopher Nolan. Cat's got a fucking sting. Especially when you then go next door to watch your directorial debut, Transcendent, starring Johnny Depp. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Remember that
1: film about the guy that dies and uploads himself into an AI and then it um, relatively, kind <laughs> of. <laughs> not really. Yeah. I remember
0: not... I remember specific visuals from it. Because yeah. I was like,
1: uh Yeah. 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 So poor poor Wally Feister had to sit there with his with his debut coming out having tanked and then just going, if I'd just fucking taken the call And this is the moral of today's episode.
0: Don't be brave. Yeah. Just fucking eat the check. (laughs) All right.
1: The nine to five that's serving you well is good enough. Before uh, before this next bit, where we we break down the movie so we can later analyze it, yeah, we've said this more and more and more, and we've we've said this enough now that even this next bit we're about to say we've said multiple times. Mm-hmm. We've told you multiple times that we've told you multiple times that we're about to spoil this movie. Yeah, if you've not seen it, bearing in mind this is undoubtedly in my top five of all time. Same. Just, just go and watch it. Right, both of us. But how rare is it on this podcast? Both of us like this is the top five of all time. So just go. And watch the fucking film. And then come back. We'll be right here. Yeah, please do. We'll be right here. Yeah. Shall we commence with the breakdown? Give us... Get us into it. Come on. Right. This little manoeuvre here is going to cost us 51 years. (laughs)
0: That's so shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I knew you'd appreciate that. Oh... And if you've just rejoined us from watching
1: the film, that will make sense to you. Yeah. And if you haven't, this is your cue to go watch the fucking film. <laughs> I like that we provided a practical example of how little this is going to mean to you if you've not seen the film yeah. immediately following telling people that. Yeah. Uh, in the near future, Earth's resources deplete and climate change has triggered devastating dust storms. Cooper, played by Matthew McConaughey, a former NASA pilot turned corn farmer, discovers a secret NASA facility led by Professor Brand, uh, played by Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Through strange gravitational patterns in his daughter Murph's bedroom, he's been led to the, the coordinates of this place. Mike Caine reveals a plan to find a new habitable planet through a wormhole near Saturn placed by unknown beings to one of three potential planets on the other side. And they're either going to move everyone on Earth who's currently alive with these giant spaceships that they can't get off the ground yet Mm -hmm. or seed the planet with what they call a population bomb of fertilized eggs. What is it with Nolan and bombs? He loves them. He loves the bombs. He loves them, doesn't he? He loves an explosive finale. Cooper's then chosen
0: to pilot the spacecraft Endurance with a team of scientists, including Dr. Brand, who is Professor Brand's daughter. Yes. Uh, Their mission is to explore these... Three potentially habitable planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scouted by previous astronauts through the
1: wormhole. The wormhole. The wormhole. When they reach the first potential planet, they discover that time passes way faster than on Earth due to proximity Mm. to a black hole called a gargantua. It's relativity. Well, it's a, it's uh, Kip Thorne who is a Nobel laureate physicist. The, he wrote the original mm. treatment for this film. Of course, why would yeah? Why wouldn't well, exactly? You? Why wouldn't <laughs>
0: you? Why wouldn't Nolan reach out
1: to a Nobel laureate <laughs> to write a fucking treatment for a sci-fi? Well, no, movie? no, no. So, so Linda Obst uh, and Kip Thorne. Uh, Linda Obst is a producer, uh, film producer. She was introduced to Kip Thorne by Carl Sagan, who set them up on a blind date. Oh God, that's incredible! Right. They worked on Contact together with Jodie Foster. Amazing film. Right. Mm-hmm. So they wrote the treatment for that. And then they wrote the treatment for this and hired Jonathan Nolan mm-hmm. to write the script. Nice. And originally it was going to be directed by Steven Spielberg. Okay. But he moved studio and lost the project. So then Jonathan was like, well, my brother's pretty nifty. I'll start just give him a ring. See, see nice. if he can join in. That's
0: fucking awesome. Awesome.
1: So, yeah, they, the, the time dilation effect is, is basically due to gravity. Mm-hmm. Time will either speed up or slow down. And when they get to the first potential planet, they realize that time passes way faster than on Earth. Uh, And they get shit mixed by mega waves, resulting in the loss of a crew member and uh, like decades of Earth time. Cooper's family on Earth basically give up hope for his return. They then proceed
0: to the second planet only to discover that the lone survivor, Dr. Mann, has manipulated his data to ensure his rescue like a fucking coward. He attempts to kill Cooper. Yep and damages the Endurance in an attempt
1: to escape. Yeah, he, he fully hijacks their little rover. He's
0: an absolute cunt.
1: He's All a under the guise of, yeah.
0: I'm going to save the human race. Yeah, he's an... A-
1: How did that go, dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> Back on Earth, Cooper's daughter Murph uh, grows up and works with the Professor on a plan to save humanity... Uh, But discovers that the plan to move the currently alive population was always a lie. They need knowledge from inside a black hole in order to get the ships off the ground. The ships are Mm -hmm. so huge, they need to solve gravity, as they call it. And you can't do that without seeing inside a black hole. Cooper decides to sacrifice
0: himself entering the black hole to send crucial data to Brand, increasing their chances of finding a new home inside the black hole, Cooper experiences a fucking kaleidoscope five-dimensional space prison (laughs) created by highly evolved beings, which provides valuable information about gravity and
1: time. And then Cooper communicates with Murph through the five-dimensional kaleidoscope fuck prison um, Mm -hmm. and allows her to solve the equation needed to save humanity. Brand Brand Junior selects a promising planet and the surviving members of the Endurance set course for humanity's new hope yeah
0: we also got like a very lovely little family reunion between cooper and
1: murph well matthew McConaughey hated it because uh he stayed the same age and the girls all kept getting older but <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i
0: thought i was gonna be genuine insight and walked straight into that arms open yeah. Yeah, all right yeah good stuff
1: good stuff he doesn't age though no no he like he... at all no as an actor or as a character or as a human he just
0: doesn't age go back to watch him in like daniel johnston's video for life in vain and Mm -hmm. he looks exactly the same today but he's like 75 years older (laughs) (laughs) time dilation man i'm telling you time dilation that man lives that man is a black hole yeah well i'm glad we sorted that so what's this film about for you like what's it really about
1: Uh, it's about time You asked me that, Ben. Uh, There we go. (laughs) There we go. I was waiting for it. Um, I got no idea. Got no idea. Just to set up for a bad joke. No. uh, (laughs) (laughs) For me, this is this is Nolan had a kid during the making of this film, and I think as somebody who is who loves cinematic spectacle, Mm -hmm. the reason for me this is the peak of his career is this is the sort of Venn diagram of overlaps that happen with this film between incredibly complex plotting that that changes a core aspect of reality that you then have to keep up with right so in inception okay. it's like you can be in a dream and you've got the dream logic and you've got this whole sort of like law that you need to ingest and get comfortable with in order to understand yeah. what the fuck is going on he always does that with every movie he does this one the time dilation is the big bit of lore that you have to to swallow and ingest and and get up to speed with quickly. So you've Mm -hmm. got the Nolan complex plotting. You've got the incredible visuals that Nolan always does. And you've got the incredible characterization. And I don't think there is a film in his catalogue that balances those three pillars as well as this one. I'll agree wholeheartedly with the first two. I think the characterization,
0: like, uh, Nolan falls into this little trap where right. he focuses on a couple <laughs> and then leaves the rest yeah. up to you. Do you know what I mean? It's like the the best way I can describe it is it's like you're in your favorite lesson yeah. in school. Right. Yeah. With your favorite teacher and you're learning about shit that you just fucking adore. Yep but most of it is homework. <laughs> that, that's what it's like for me watching a Nolan movie. I'm yeah, like, okay. "Wow, this is great. I'm learning so much." Oh, Okay, I know that's up to me to fill in all these blanks.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, okay. Good. With with the characterization, you're not wrong, but I I think it what he does is he you has a choice of going. I've got 10 characters in this film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can give all 10 of them a 10-minute mm-hmm. backstory arc and and thing. Or I can give mm. two of them really satisfying ones, and all the other ones would 100%. just be, you know, hundred percent.
0: The only thing that bothers me, maybe it's not the only thing that bothers me. One of the mm. one of my small, very very small points in this film is that um, his son mm. is just sort of like such a side character <laughs> in yeah. this in this entire movie that's solely focused on family and reunited with his kids. Yeah, kids being plural. I, I swear he just <laughs> forgets that he has a son for like 90% of the movie and is like, I need to get back to Murph. <laughs> I promised Murph.
1: <laughs> who? What boy? <laughs> son of who? <laughs> yeah, but if your son's Casey Affleck, you know. Ugh.
0: I love Casey Affleck.
1: No, I know. Me too. He's just I a mean, bit grumpy in this one, isn't he? He is a
0: little grumpy. He needs to lighten so, up a bit. Anyone I would know. think he'd lost a kid and would just buried him in the back garden next I to mean, his
1: mom? And his granddad. So he knows exactly where the kid is. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's in the back garden.
0: Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> profession professional as a farmer. He's trying to grow a new one. He's like, fuck it. This is my population bomb. Boom.
1: Speaking of farmer. Yes. Can you get me Christopher Nolan's number?
0: Mm,
1: maybe. Right, right. Because we just got the IMDb Pro account, so maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm sure he's on there. Um, if I
0: was Christopher Nolan I'd put my personal phone number on IMDB Pro Yeah,
1: yeah I just, I just <laughs> want to lend him a grand Why? Because Well, look at it this way Because he's on the poverty line He's on the poverty line for a start mm. But yeah. a Studio gave him 165 million And he gave him 677 million back So yeah. it's a safe investment Yeah And I feel like The pinnacle of why this is a safe investment Casey Affleck's farm in this film Yes What do you think the budget for the CGI was? on the corn that they had to visualise. Alright, well, lucky for you, Rob, my background is in horticulture and agriculture,
0: alright? I don't think they CGI'd all of it, right, because a lot of it was, was like, obviously
1: real. Yeah, but you, you see the big wide sweeping shots of, like, it's nothing but corn. But
0: I just assumed it was, like, you know, the background actors in, like, a Linkin Park video, when there's, yeah, like, yeah. 12 of them, yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden they can yeah, make yeah. it seem like... they duplicate. Yeah, I just thought it would be like that. But with corn, boom, that him up. You always sing that wrong. And I know. It really bothers me when we're together and you do that. Mm-hmm. It just makes
1: me irrationally angry. Um, no, I don't know, man. No, no. It, it's all real. And okay. they planted all of it and made a profit when they sold it. <laughs> that's, so, that's the most Nolan thing. <laughs>
0: That I can think of They turned
1: a profit On the farm
0: (laughs) (laughs) 500 acres Is fucking massive Yeah
1: Yeah Who'd you employ to do that? Like literal farmers. I like to think that it was the casting crew that, that farmed that corn. <laughs> I like to think that they that Nolan was like Can you imagine? No, it's important research that we all know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. We've we've built these tractors from scratch because yeah. that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we have all of these fucking tractors and combine mm-hmm. harvesters. Let's
0: just let's just
1: you know, <laughs> shook the corn, shall we? And then he's he's there in the accounts, being like, "So let me get this straight. You planted five hundred acres of corn, and you turned a profit." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And they're like, y- "Yes, I did, sir. But yes. you, you you hired the cast and crew to farm it, so yes, you paid yes, McConaughey's day rate, yes. fifteen grand a day for him, yes. to do ploughing, yes. Uh, so what? It, he looks really good on tractors. Uh, <laughs> we built some tractors. Uh, yep. We
0: paid for the tractors. You'll see that in the receipts there. Yeah, that's it. Each one was. Correct, a hundred and ninety-five thousand pounds <laughs> in parts, and then labour another hundred grand. Okay, yeah. Brilliant.
1: yeah. That, to be fair, that does sound like Nolan, and also Matthew McCartney does look fucking good on a tractor. He looks so great. I, on a tractor. I can't disagree with him there.
0: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the thing with this film, mm. and the reason that I say it's probably one of my favourite films of all time, yeah. um, is because when I first watched this in 2014, I I wasn't sober. I had no True. fucking clue what I was doing in my life. I was knee deep in. I think I was just at the beginning of a career that I got horrendously lost in. Yeah. And then inevitably burnt my life to the ground ten like yeah. 10 years later, right? Testicle so, deep. Yeah. So I was like I was kind of in the in the thick of it. Yeah. I didn't really pay much attention to it. I didn't know, you know, it was fine. It was a film whatever. Going back and watching it now, mm. you start to question the like the morality of the film. Yeah. And for me personally, watching this guy who was once a fucking pilot for NASA, yeah. was like trained for everything, and then uh, forces beyond his control have now forced him to be a farmer, yeah, um, and a father, and it, like he's he's good at both. Mm-hmm. Is it enough for him? Like, is it is it enough to sort of keep him not interested, but you know what I mean, like excited? Yeah. So, like,
1: so- are you saying that there's a there's a part of him that goes off because he wants to go off? I think and be the pilot that he was trained to be. I think there's a lot of mistakes that he's trying
0: to fix. And there's a lot of looking in the rear view mirror going, I think I can fix that. Which going back to where I am right now is a lot of looking back on what I have done and going, Oh shit, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Yeah, And that was a mistake. Except for I have no fifth dimensional option to fix my mistakes (laughs) or try and like go back and fucking sort any of them. Sure.
1: But I, but I, I, I have to fundamentally disagree with the concept of him fixing a mistake in the, the Professor Brand tells him, mm-hmm. this earth is going to die. The corn yeah. is the last crop we have. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be like your child is going to grow up to see the plot of the road in real time.
0: Yeah, they're going to suffocate. They're, they're going to
1: suffocate and die. Yeah. The only potential chance that you have to save your child's life is to abandon your child, possibly forever. Yes, and the fucked up thing is, is he's a good enough father to realize mm-hmm. he can't tell his kids why he's leaving mm-hmm. in case he fails. Yes. Because if he leaves going, this place is going to suffocate and die, mm-hmm. I'm going to go off and try and fix it. Yeah. And then doesn't fix it. That He's ruined what little life they can have. Yeah, definitely. On this dying planet.
0: Definitely. And that's a great, that's a great way of like seeing the one outcome of it. hmm and then on the other side, he spends the rest of the film desperately trying to get back to his kids. Because he's like, I shouldn't have yeah. fucking left. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> yeah, have done this. The yeah, whole yeah. fucking thing is like, it's, it's the moral dilemma of doing mm. something painful for mm. the right reason or doing something that is actively going against what you're biologically programmed to do yeah. for the greater good and how hard that is on a person and whether it was worth Missing out on his daughter's life and his mm-hmm. he don't give a fuck about his son. Whether it was worth missing <laughs> out on his daughter's life Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like their new family and like obviously what's his son's name? Casey Affleck. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> that's his full first name. That's, that's one his, yeah, it's his yeah, first yeah. initial. It's he named Casey his, Affleck. He named his first child yeah. Casey Affleck. Yeah. And then he named his second child Murphy after Murphy's Law. Yeah. Brilliant The the, um, the belief that anything that can happen will happen
0: So th- th- it's just It's nice to watch someone In the throes of it mm-hmm. Debating whether Or trying to go back To f- change a decision but ultimately yep. Knowing you've made the right one Do you know what I mean? Yeah. it makes It makes me feel better Because sometimes when I look back and I'm like I could have done shit so much better I would yeah. be in a much better position now I wouldn't be all like fucky in the head Yeah it's just, it's
1: nice to have that on the screen and it work out. You know what I mean? I think, I he think. He keeps his promise to his daughter. He does. And 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 there is that sense of trust being a major thing, you know, keeping your word. 100%. So keeping your word to those who
0: matter in spite of everything yeah. is fucking nutty in this film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts everything, he puts the fucking human race on the line, <laughs> on the line, to, line keep, yeah. to keep a promise to Murph, right? Yeah, yeah and I mean when they do finally reunite you do see this enormous extended family yes that Murph is is like you know head honcho of they don't give a fuck about her dad he no, don't give a fuck not. about them he's like look no. I'm just
1: here to keep my promise yeah and I'm a yeah. fuck off there's there's a real sense in this one I I, I get the favouritism towards Murph and the sort of abandonment of Tom in that Tom that's his name sorry yeah, Casey yeah. Affleck Tom Cooper yeah right? yeah Tom Cooper yeah. <laughs> In that he leaves Tom at the sort of cusp of manhood, being like, "You're the farmer now, this is you," and he sees Tom doing something that is independently his own, you know he's doing the family, he's got kids, he's got the farm, so he can sort of relax in the sense that there is a life happening, yeah, in spite of his absence, yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas Murph's video messages to him mm-hmm. are almost entirely defined by his absence. And yeah. so Murph is the one who demonstrates it. Like, Tom gets on okay without him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, horrible things happen to Tom because of the climate crisis, because of all the things that he's trying to fix. Yeah, yeah. With Murph, it's not... Murph isn't struggling with the world. Murph's struggling with his absence. Mm. And Murph's struggling with a problem that he created Yeah. by trying to fix the problems for Tom. And as an allegory for parenthood, and that did all right with this one, But in trying to do the same thing, the same actions have had vastly different effects on his children. Right, 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 right. right. And that sense of, you know, when you become a parent, you become the ghost of your children's future. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason he gets so hung up on Murph is because she is emotionally, as well as it turns out later, literally haunted by the absence of her father. Yeah, You know, she is so driven by he fucking left. He abandoned us. Mm. All this sort of stuff. And that's what's upsetting to him. That's what he has to fix. Mm. He doesn't have to fix that with Tom because Tom isn't haunted by the absence of his father. Yeah, because he understood his father hated
0: him and just ignored him completely. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my corn.
1: <laughs> Bye. Spe- speaking of haunting, <laughs> the the gravitational disturbances that happen in Merv's bedroom Yeah, uh, that they always refer to as the ghost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then later turns out it's him communicating through the fifth dimensional wormhole Space inside prison. the black space prison fuck yeah. chamber <laughs> yeah. um uh but what's fascinating is nolan in such a director trademark literally spoils the entire film with the first line of the movie where mcconaughey walks in mm. and she goes oh i thought you were the ghost oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and you're like oh that's a weird little thing and then you you re it and you're like oh my god he fucking is yeah, he is the fucking ghost,
0: <laughs> dude. I didn't even pick up on that, man. Fair fucking play.
1: It's it's those little again. It's those Nolan details, am going, mwah, mwah. Yeah, delicious.
0: There's only there's only one fact that I researched about this film that I found amazing. Right. Um. You know the water planet. Yeah. This is in relation to the time dilation. The water planet when they land on it, right? And it, yeah. every hour there is seven years on Earth, right? Yes. So if you do the math on that, it works out that every 1.25 seconds yep. is a day on Earth, right? Now, if you watch that scene, the rover lands and a yep. ticking starts. Yes, it does. And the ticking is every 1.25 seconds. So the ticking is there and it is a day that passes on Earth every time you hear a tick, mm-hmm. which I thought was insane incredible. and mental and the fact that it is put in the film just so just, subtly that... Yeah, who, yeah. Who the fuck picks up on that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Who, who, we just did. <laughs> I didn't pick up on it. I fucking read it, but who, like, who wrote it? Like, who was sitting there going, mm, "These ticks are one point two five seconds
1: apart." Let me just do the quick math on this one. Wizards, wizards, and geniuses <laughs> watch this film. That's it. So there's, there's two things I want to pick up on there. Firstly, mm-hmm. uh, wizards. When, when Christopher Nolan <laughs> asked Hans Zimmer to do the soundtrack, yes, he gave him a one page treatment. Of course, saying that the story was about a father leaving his children. Didn't mention it was a sci-fi or give him any plot details. And just went, get working. Fucking hell. Make it about yourself. I want this to be an emotional story about Mate. family and this, that or the other. Didn't tell him any of the sci-fi stuff until he was most of the way written. And then went, okay, here's the film. And then they started bringing it together.
0: Fair play to Zimmerman, because fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Smashed it.
1: The soundtrack on this is incredible. But the point I want to come to is the water planet. Yes. How long do you think it took to build the giant water tank that they filmed that scene in?
0: Honestly, mate, with it being known, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they just
1: flooded the moon and just filmed, like, all in camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was all in camera. There's a real place on the planet that looks like that. It's in Iceland. It was a melted glacier. Wow. They had to transport the prop for the... Uh, spaceship, to the middle of the glacier, and then have Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway wear spacesuits and run around in the frozen meltwater for every take Jesus (laughs) Christ that's fucking nutty man like the, I was shocked when researching (laughs) this film how little of this film is CGI, the dust storms Mm -hmm. real dust storms, but in order to make sure that the actors didn't get sick the dust was a food additive because they were breathing it in and eating it constantly. Because he was literally just set up industrial-sized fans and was just chucking powder into them to I fire at the actors. Hole. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love this guy. It's like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make it shit for you to be on set,
0: but at least yeah. it's gonna be healthy. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's B12. It's not dust. It's vitamin
1: B12. Yeah, yeah. There you I'm go. not gonna wolf for Wall Street yeah, where yeah. they they <laughs> all famously got incredible bronchitis from the amount of cornstarch they were having to. Yeah, snort. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that is fucking incredible though man the whole sci-fi element of this film yes works incredibly well you said earlier it's one of the most well-rounded sci-fi films of all time i'd agree yeah you know sort of event horizon 2001 space odyssey these fucking oh it's things a love letter like, so
1: 2001 yeah of course it is the whole soundless. Mate, look at the endeavor like, <laughs> yeah
0: exactly look at the endeavor This the soundlessness mate is impeccable yeah yeah, the yeah. amount of films that I see where they have boosters in space mm. going, yeah, I'm like, what, I, what's carrying that noise? Yeah, what yeah. is carrying that noise?
1: And, and then, then you look at it and you go, oh, actually, they're holding on to that. And yes, like in this film, that like you'll hear them press buttons, and you're like, oh, that's not the sound of the button being pressed. That's the sound traveling up their suit. Yes, and it's not <laughs> when it
0: cuts to outside the ship. There's nothing. There's no big roars. Yeah, there's no nothing. nothing. It's just it's beautifully executed Mm -hmm. um but i think that this is one of the most personal pieces of sci-fi for me and you especially yeah but i also think to anyone else whose father has walked out on them because the Mm. the biggest piece of fiction of this for me was uh the dad coming back
1: (laughs) 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 ben ben i hate to i think this is why it works right i hate to break this to you buddy Mm -hmm. I know that you don't read because of, you know, your supervillain being Dyslex Luther. Mm -hmm. You've got Dyslexia. He's always harboring Uh. my (laughs) kryptonite. Right. That's why you don't have a relationship with your dad. What bookshelf could your dad possibly talk to you through?
0: Uh, I've got a bookshelf. It's just full of action toys and comic books.
1: Put some books on there, buddy. You'll see your dad reach up. (laughs) I've got some books down there. All right. They're on on the floor, though. Oh, who put them there? <gasps> Ghosts. Oh. Ghosts. The ghost of your father. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought
0: it was fucking stupid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, 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 look, I know that you... I was going to ask, what did you think? Because obviously, mm-hmm. this entire film is based because of Kip Thorne's involvement. Yeah. He he set rules that everything had to be scientifically possible, Okay, or at least scientifically... Uh, conjecturable, right? It had to be based okay. in science that you could believe that that happened. Mm-hmm. The black hole visualization, yes. They got Kip Thorne to help them write an algorithm for how that would actually work. Okay. So that they could model the way it would bend light. Mm-hmm. They ended up using 800 terabytes just for the Jesus. physics calculations, right? Fucking hell, uh, man. When they eventually successfully imaged a black hole a few years later, mm-hmm. uh, a physicist at the time. Uh, Kazunuro Akiyama said the image in Interstellar is almost entirely correct so they, no like, they're, they're fucking the special- way <laughs> yeah 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 they, they successfully predicted what a black hole actually looked like just through Kip Thorne's theory and uh, letting him use the Hollywood VFX department
0: yeah so uh my latest film i correctly predicted what a black hole would look like i mean you should check out my other movies batman begins
1: we uh we figure out what a quasar is (laughs) Um. so so it is it is rooted in science heavily sounds good but the ultimate point of the film is that love is a measurable force or love is a scientifically based thing Uh, yeah there's something in there about and i wanted to ask you as a like, your Stone Cold Steve autism, how did that sit with you? <laughs> <laughs> it was fine, I guess. Yeah.
0: There was something about love and it transcending dimensions and all this shit. And that's mm-hmm. why Anne Hathaway wanted to go find a boyfriend who's dead. And I felt nothing about that. I was just sort of like, well, at least he was on a good planet. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all right, all right. Plus, think about it this way, right? Imagine being on a planet, the first person on a planet. You could be buried mm. anywhere. Perfect gravesite. Yeah. Personally, I would choose next to the water reserve. So everyone has to know it's there. <laughs> will they trust the water? You know what I mean. Like, is he
1: seeped in yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: it tastes fine. Okay, yeah, that's what I, I want.
1: I can, I can see. I, I when I was watching this, rewatching this, I was like, oh, this will be the bit that that. that Hold on, Ben's- did you just call me Stone Cold Steve Autism?
0: <laughs> yes. That's actually fantastic. I'm getting, fuck- <laughs> I'm getting that on a t-shirt, mate. <laughs> That's fucking incredible.
1: We'll get one of our fans to do some uh, merch for us. It'd be great. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> this is WWE wrestling t-shirts of each of our wrestling personas.
0: <laughs> it's just the Steve- Stone Cold Steve Austin sort of organizing a bookshelf in alphabetical order. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You can be Stone Cold Steve Autism and given my history with substances, I could be the overtaker
0: no judging on where you're <laughs> <That> was
1: <good. laughs> I was
0: going to say we could tag team and be the sharty boys just so you can get this fucking reign of doom done and dusted yeah. so the sooner you shit yourself the sooner you can get back to being a healthy boy that's a,
1: that's a horrible dilemma to place me in. <laughs> I think I think the love angle it, the reason it needed to be in there because mm-hmm. I can see you going oh it's schmaltzy and this sort of thing and that is fine I get it I guess no, I feel like it's it's kind of core to the whole point of mm. you've got this ecological disaster right mm-hmm. and there's lots of people saying, well, this is just our time, and yeah. then when they go into space and they keep finding examples of reasons why humanity shouldn't continue Professor Brown played by Mike O'Kane uh, has lied uh there is no you know he's put a a, a man with kids. Into a, into a suicide mission mm-hmm. that's not going to save his kids. Uh, they get to the, the planet that Dr. Mann is on, the ice planet that uh, he's lied about his data. And it sort of asks the question, is the human race worth saving? Do we deserve our place in the stars colonizing new worlds? When... As Agent Smith would say, we are a fucking virus. We are a fucking virus. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately for this film, that, this film says that deserving or not, or, or our worth, isn't part of the equation when it comes to our loved ones. We do what we have to do to ensure their survival. Dr. Man will kill to get back to human contact. I get that. Deserving and worth are luxuries that we are beginning as a species to no longer be able to afford. But Dr. Man annoys me because he kills his only human contact. He's willing to kill the only
0: human contact he's had for decades for more human contact. That's just greedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I, mm. I, I, I feel like he's, he's there literally as, a, as a, a quite sledgehammery sort of example of man's failings. OK, And I think the difference is the difference is, is that everyone else in this film mm. has something that they love or are loved by and that's yeah, the 100%. difference and okay. so to to that's why love is a pivotal point in this film is it's like there's no point doing it just to do it you're doing it for someone you're doing it because there is somebody out there who you care for more than you it's not about your survival it's not about humanity's survival it's about that person when you close your eyes and you think i can't afford to lose this person and that's what this film is really about. It's not humanity's survival because that's too large a scale for anyone to think on. But yeah, you put yeah. somebody up there with kids and go, "Your kids are going to die if you fail," and stuff happens that wouldn't normally. Yeah. No,
0: I get, I get that.
1: And and stuff and stuff happens that's beyond the expectations of what what you could expect from somebody.
0: I get it. I do. It's just a bit. You know, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Man, pissed me off, Doctor Fucking
1: Matt Damon. Doctor yeah, Man Dr. Damon.
0: Ma- Doctor Man Damon. He's uh he pisses me off. Yeah. So my problem but my problem with man is the fact that he's like he's willing to kill yep. the first human contact he's had in a long time to escape on his own to a different yep. fucking planet to continue the mission. Why? Now hear me out. Why didn't he just go the second that they landed? Fucked up. I was desperate to get rescued. I was scared mm-hmm. of shit. I didn't want to die alone. Um, all very fucking, like, reasonable things. It's coward as yeah, yeah. fuck. And it's like, it's a huge waste yeah, yeah. of time, money, and resources. And it would but have like fucking... like he
1: said, you've not been tested like I've tested. And... Exactly,
0: yeah, yeah. man. It's, you can fucking... You can see that that dude's been through the shit, right? Yeah. And then they go, okay, we've got enough fuel left to hit one other planet, which is Edmund's planet. Mm-hmm.
1: Get in the fucking ship. <laughs>
0: yeah. We're going to slingshot around Gargantua. It's going to cost mm-hmm. us 51
1: years. And then we're sacking off to that planet. But here's the kicker. They wouldn't have even had to have done that if he hadn't blown up half like half of the endurance. Oh,
0: yeah, of course. This, is, you see what I'm, this is what I'm saying, though? It's just sort of like, it's man's short sighted bullshit. I
1: don't know. But then, literally, his surname is man. And it's just. Yeah, I, know. It's, uh, <laughs> I know.
0: It's just short sighted and fucking ham fisted about everything. Yep. I can do better than everyone
1: on my own. Shut the fuck up and it's that point on my own and the the yeah. heroes of this film are those that go with each other's help.
0: Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. I don't know. Can I just quickly dip into the one the 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 one thing that kind of holds me back on this film. My yeah, one sure. negative point. Yeah, yeah. We we dipped into it briefly. It's just it's the characters, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the way the characters are. This is both a good point and a bad point. Right. The good point is that this film has made me realize that Christopher Nolan does not deal in absolutes no, not at all. there is no this is a good guy this <laughs> no, is no, a bad no, no, guy no, no, no. and it He's... just it it doesn't matter who the fuck they are, mm-hmm. how old they are, what their circumstances are it's just it's his conviction to everyone can be good and bad and mm-hmm. both, and neither all yeah. at once or
1: not at all. And he just he just fucks around with it so much. He trusts his own characters to believe their own motivations. Yeah, exactly. So what you see is a person doing something that they are perfectly rational to believe is the right thing. Exactly. And it's left to you to judge their actions and go... Exactly. Okay, they're not wrong by the way they're thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah. Michael Caine in this yeah. movie, right? Absolute sweetheart to begin with. Fucking Gorgeous. love that guy so yep. much. Absolute sweetheart. And then on his deathbed, where he admits to Murph mm-hmm. that he's fucking lying and that all this shit's going on, <laughs> and then you find out a little bit after that, that Marco Cain had solved this gravity equation before the first Lazarus missions, mm-hmm. which would have been 40 years ago on Earth now. Yeah, yeah. And he's just been lying his entire fucking time to, to try and save the human race like for the yeah. greater good. And it it crippled me.
1: Fundamentally, he solved it, and it turned out that the answer was only come with data that was irretrievable due to, yeah. due to the laws of, of nature. Yeah, 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 definitely. So he's like, so well, but, that's not an option, but no one's going to go. But he still didn't let on. And do the population bombs.
0: But he, no. he didn't let on that he found the first half of the answer and that the second nope. half was unobtainable. He was just sort mm-hmm. of like, let's just keep working it Yep. in the hopes that I can keep everyone ticking over enough for something to happen up there, the population yeah. bomb to go off and we get a successful, we're yeah. good. To- totally
1: correct by his own motivations. He's yeah, like, 100%. Like, just, people aren't going to go along with it. If, you know, he's not lying to be evil, he's lying to save the world.
0: But he's not lying to be good and he's not lying to be bad. He's lying because he he tortures himself and he ruins his own fucking morality and his own humanity to save the human race, which has fucked him up for decades. And he's actively lying to everyone's face Mm -hmm. every single day. What that must do to a person is fucking nightmarish. Yeah. How Which is this a, a bad point, point? No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, this yeah. is great, but the the bad point now comes with if you can do that for yep. seven of the ten characters in your film, and then just randomly put a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye, Dad. I'm a farmer now. <laughs> my kid's dead. <laughs> then, then that's <laughs> it. You won't take my family away from my farmhouse.
1: I think because what you end up with is is if if you don't draw the 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 line somewhere, you end up of with course. an ever expanding line. Yeah, of, I know. You know. I know. And I get all this.
0: That's TV. But at the same time. If you're gonna build a universe this fucking incredible with characters <laughs> this fucking incredible with the morality like needle flicking back mm. and forth between good and evil constantly
1: it's it's mind blown and it so you're saying you're saying your one bad point about this film is that there wasn't more of it,
0: yeah yeah he yeah. writes he writes characters too well in this film, so yeah. that the ones that aren't written as well as the ones that are written too
1: well seem yeah. weak, but they're yeah, still no written really well <laughs> yeah. they're just yeah, much yeah, weaker yeah, yeah. than the ones that are almost perfect. I mean, that's, that's if, if you wanted that, you, then you would want the Interstellar TV show where they'd have 20 hours, 30 hours to do that, which doesn't exist, sadly.
0: I'd want the Interstellar Cinematic Universe where we just delete Marvel and then just replace <laughs> it with, <laughs> with <laughs> it.
1: anything that Nolan wants to do, just run with it. Speaking of cinematic universes, mm. um, do you want to play a game? Yes, please. Okay, so there is a scene in this film where one of the characters describes how wormholes work by drawing two X's on a sheet of paper, folding the paper, and then pushing a pen through it. Yeah. Now, that's happened in a couple of films and a couple of TV series, and I will give you a point for every time or every film or television show you can name where you have seen somebody fold a bit of paper and push a pen through it.
0: Fucking, mate...
1: <laughs> uh, one of them is one of your all-time favourite films. One of them you've seen recently, and another one is one, one of, of your my, all.
0: One of my all-time favourite films. Yes, Starship Troopers.
1: No, but you're in the right territory. Star Wars. I'm just saying you don't need eyes to see this. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I'm saying where we're going. You won't need eyes to see. Oh, uh, back to the future. No, that's we where we're going. We don't need roads. I thought that's what you were referencing. No.
0: You don't need eyes to see this. Bird box. Whatever that shit one where no, you can everyone's you're got bandannas.
1: This is get this is uh, this has gone so I thought you'd have got this in a in a heartbeat. I am shocked and dismayed. <laughs> Okay. it's got. I need to point out Do- that it's you've It's got Dr. Allen and Morpheus in it.
0: Oh, uh, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's one point for me. I would like to take a moment to point out that you've gone... So this tiny bit of paper that's folded in half has happened many times in many movies. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Probably has, yes. Yeah, yeah, describing, <laughs> probably has.
1: describing a wormhole.
0: Yes. Yeah. Probably happened in many, many movies. Unfortunately my prop department
1: knowledge <laughs> <laughs> fine well considering your fondness for Event horizon i thought you would have seen this film and gone yeah seen that before yeah considering you saw thor love and thunder at the cinema last year i thought you might have gone seen that before is it in there yeah when jane foster's in the chemo uh, lab and the bloke's like oh my god you wrote this book and she's like yeah about wormholes oh and he's fuck like me, hey
0: man jesus christ okay yeah i yeah. can remember it now
1: yeah and then stranger things is the other one okay
0: and that was kind of that was my bad that's yeah, obviously gonna awful. be in that, isn't it yeah. yeah well fuck you i got one point and uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> went in circles for a little while blame time dilation yeah man speaking <laughs> of time dilation what are you rating interstellar ben 10 has to be yeah. It's, it's it was going to be a
0: little less cuz of the characters but then I kind of talked
1: myself back into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I I it, it's it's I don't I can't think if you watch Interstellar and you don't think that it's an incredible achievement in film, you and I can't be friends. I'm just it's just how it is. I'm sorry. So yeah, it's it a fat, incredible. fat 10 all round.
0: Fucking insanely good. Better
1: time for comment Corner?
0: Yeah. I've got one. Ooh, do you now? I got one on oh, our... Oh, so excited.
1: <laughs> Ooh,
0: do you now? I've got one here from the Boardroom Gaming Cafe, the owner John. He Lovely. commented on our McPherson
1: tape reel, uh, going, nope, nope, and all the nope. Yeah, do you remember in that episode where I said that film has maybe three fans? Turns out all three of them commented on that reel and you knew them all personally. It's almost like all the fans of that film have been shown that film by you personally.
0: Do you know how many people I've had reach out in messages and different platforms and other Mm. stuff saying, holy shit, man, I haven't seen this film in years.
1: Yeah. At least five I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm waiting for the single-digit number. <laughs> <five>. <laughs> uh, over on TikTok on the same uh, little highlight clip, Mr. Mm-hmm. Simon commented, I love this movie. Yes, buddy. I got my friend to watch it when he was high as a kite, and it was the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> 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 yeah. Watching him watch it with his hands over his eyes when that one alien points at them messed him up so good. Oh, and I just want to say, buddy, you are a monster and the no, kind of monster dude. that I love.
0: What you've done there, mate, what you've done there, Simon, is you've given someone a core memory with that yeah. film. And that is exactly how I experienced that film for the first time. I was stoned out of my fucking tree. That went on. I had no idea it was a film. We all thought it was like a found footage thing. <laughs> I shit myself at the end when that fucking alien dude starts raising his arm. Nah, 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 nah. nah, nah. Too much Fucked me up for far too long.
1: And that's all the time we've got for this week. Uh next week we will be back on the alien abduction conspiracy train as we yeah. rapidly approach the disclosure of aliens being real in the yeah. US Senate and Congress. We're going to be covering Fire in the Sky. Ooh, I've not seen that one yet. It is harrowing.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it's okay. fun. Okay. It's really nice. fun. fucks me up again. in like in a much worse way
1: (laughs) are are you just are you just are you these just three trigger movies for you you're like yeah let's just make sure I have a really horrible that's literally the series it's just three trigger movies that are like
0: have really fucked me up I want you to experience a cinema that has had a big profound effect on me so I'm bringing my triggers to the table so you can look and go oh so that's why you're scared of owls (laughs) yeah true story it's I can appreciate that I can appreciate that man if you've enjoyed the show, please use your powerful mouths and tell a friend to help us spread the show like a disease—not a gross one, like a Jesus Christ, like a sexy podcast disease that people hear you right. They hear you caught and are like, "Oh wow, I can't. You must be really cultured to." have I caught can't support this. Such an exotic, Consum- interesting disease. All right, maybe not a disease. But what about what's your uh, like a degree? People are impressed when you get a degree. It's like a degree. What's the opposite of a disease? Flintstone vitamin. Is it a Flintstone? I'm going to call it a vitamin. The fuck are we talking about? In summation, take your multivitamins.